I want to give a huge shout out to my sponsor, the one and only known across Canada and across Ontario, Tim Hortons. Always fresh. Always Tim Hortons. Hi guys and welcome to episode 64 of the Optical View podcast. Today I have on Cesar Bonelia. Cesar is a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt with an absolutely incredible story and also returning to MMA and making his pro debut. We speak a little bit about that in the podcast as well. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. I loved it. See you guys in the next one. Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of the Optical View Podcast. Today I'm super excited to be joined with Cesar Bonilla. Bonilla. Bonilla, yes. Bonilla, alright, alright. How's it going, Cesar? I'm great, how are you? I'm, uh, I'm excited for this episode. Me too, me too. So before we get into some of the juicier stuff, I have a couple quick rapid-fire questions for you. Alright. What is your favorite genre of music? Uh, reggaeton. All right, I love that. What is your favorite thing about yourself? Uh, my favorite thing about myself is probably my resilience. Okay, okay. What do you think is the best gift that you've ever received? My mother. I'm going to flip that question around. What do you think is the best gift that you've ever gave? Uh, probably the gift that I have now to teach jujitsu to people. Do you have a favorite quote? If you do, what is it? Uh, yeah, I actually have it tattooed on my arm. It's the man in the arena quote by Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. Kind of long. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's my favorite quote. That's a common one. I think that's the second yeah. or third time I've had people say that on here. Oh, really? Yeah. If a movie ever gets made about you, who would you want to play you in the movie? The Rock. Beautiful answer. <laughs> I know you just answered this. Um, well, maybe you did. I'm not sure. What is your favorite tattoo that you have? Uh, it's definitely my man in the arena tattoo. Yeah, yeah I figured so. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to move on to this next segment here. This or that. I'm just going to give you two options. You're just going to pick one of the two options. Audiobook or podcast? Audiobook. Hot or cold weather? Hot. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Gi or no gi? Oh, that's a hard one. No gi, though. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Morning or night? Morning. Tacos or burgers? Tacos. Wrestling or jujitsu? Jujitsu. Pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. Soup or salad? Soup. Introverted or extroverted? Introverted. And my favorite, pizza or pasta? Pizza. Okay. All okay. the way. <laughs> Let us, let's get into it here, Caesar. Who are you? What do you do? So, I am a martial artist. Um, I uh, have my own gym, Silverback Training Center. It's over on Don Mills in Eglinton in North York. Uh, I also teach at 10th Planet Etobicoke. Um, I just dove uh, 
pretty much full time into teaching in the last couple of weeks. And uh, I'm very excited, scared, but now I'm pretty much uh, starting to live my dream. Mm. The first question that instantly comes to my mind, how did you get into martial arts? Uh, I, I got into it at a very young age. Uh, a very uh, close friend of mine is uh, Ainsley Robinson, who was a 96 Olympian for Canada uh, in wrestling. And uh, so he uh, he kind of introduced me to, to everything when I was like 15 years old. So your first martial art was wrestling? Yes. And what, what type of wrestling was that? Was that freestyle? Uh, freestyle, but he specializes in Greco-Roman. Okay. Yeah. So I, um, I wrestled throughout high school. I uh, wasn't very good, but I had fun. <laughs> and then uh, after university, uh, I discovered jujitsu, and it pretty much I was hooked from the start. Wow. So how long have you been doing jujitsu? I've been doing jujitsu going on 15 years now. Wow. Are you, would you say you're addicted to it? I am uh, 100% addicted. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I want to ask you this question, and I'm curious if you've noticed this amongst some of your students now and other friends who also do jujitsu. Why do you think so many people get addicted to jujitsu? Um, I mean, obviously all the benefits that come with it, right? Um, especially if you're you're uh, more of a thinker, it, it really like puts you in a in a discomfort zone where and then you have to like solve the problems, right? Um, and also like the community. Uh, I, I tend to find that the jujitsu community is very helpful towards each other. So it, it's just, you know, you've had a long crappy day at work and then you go to the mats and just forget about it, hanging out with your friends and rolling. And by the end of it, you forget why you had a bad day. Yes. Yes. I want to ask you some more questions about that in a little bit and also a little bit about your, your new academy. But before we get into that, sure. right, um, take me through the progression from to jiu-jitsu. How was the transition? And do you think it was easier because it was a grappling martial art? You know, you would think so, right? But it, it's just uh, jujitsu is a whole different animal, right? So I like I, I tell this story very often, where like um, my coach Ainsley, he brought me to my very first uh, jujitsu session, and uh, um, he was like, "Oh yeah, you know, just just uh, just try it out." And I'm like, "Man, these guys are wearing these silly outfits, you know, like these silly pajamas and stuff." Like, I'm just going to wreck through these guys, right? And then um, at the end of the class, when, when it's time to roll, they put me with this girl who's like 90 pounds, and she choked me out unconscious. Wow. So I was instantly, I was like, I have to learn this stuff. Like, I absolutely have to learn this stuff. Wow. And that first session, was that gi or no gi? That was gi. I think... The um, levels and the difference is more prominent. Like, is a bigger difference going from wrestling to now something that has a gi? Like, if you were to transition to, say, judo with a gi, 
as opposed right. to now gi, gi jiu-jitsu versus no gi jiu-jitsu. Right. I, you know, I, I don't know. Like I said, like my, my, my wrestling was pretty raw at that point. And uh, so I, I think that had I been a little bit sharper, maybe I would have found the transition a little bit easier. But uh, up until I found jujitsu, I wasn't taking the martial arts very serious. Um, but uh, I, I think uh, the transition from wrestling to judo might have been a little bit easier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm curious. I never asked you about this. Ainsley was he? Is does he also do jujitsu? Yeah, he's actually a black belt. He owns a Toronto Top Team in uh, Scarborough. Yep. And. Uh, yeah, he's one of the best coaches I've ever had. A great do, person too. Do you still train with him? Uh, once in a while, yeah. When when I when I can, uh, like you know, we we both have our uh, our commitments. But anytime I can I can make the trip out there, I definitely do go out and train with him. Mm. Now I know this is a kind of a joke question in in jujitsu. Um, how long does it take? the average person to get a, a black belt? Uh, the average person, I, I would say, is 10 years, right? Yeah. Uh, it took me a little longer because I held out uh, because I wanted to get it from the person that I got pretty much all my belts from, yeah. and he doesn't live in the country anymore. So I traveled a lot to go visit him and uh, get my belts directly from him. Mm. Yeah, I say that's kind of a joke question. Um, I'm sure you've heard it, but for the people listening as well, is I think the joke is kind of how long does it take the average person to get a jiu-jitsu black belt? Yeah. There is. Well, the average person doesn't have a jiu-jitsu black belt, right? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Now, with the belt system in jiu-jitsu, do you think with it being white, blue, purple, brown, and black, only being five up until, you know, past black like the main belts anyways do you think that's a good progression system or do you think there should be more belts in there no i think it's perfect honestly like uh i i, I see that the only um belt where there's uh, a discrepancy or, or, or like a very like big gap is usually blue belt right like like some blue belts are are killers and then some others are not so much right but once you get to purple belt you kind of start, everything starts kind of evening out. So I, I feel like the, the belt system is pretty perfect. Mm. What to you makes a blue belt? Uh, well, the definition of, of a blue belt based on Elio Gracie is that it's just a, per, an un, a person who can beat an untrained person, right? Yeah. So if uh, somebody can, can defend themselves against somebody who's untrained, then that should be a blue belt. There's not so much of a so much of a skill, I guess, but uh, just the basics. Now that's regardless of size and gender. Yes. How much do you think size and potentially gender goes into the differences and and how people train and how people understand? Um, you know it. it People say size doesn't matter, but it does, right? Yeah. You can have the exact same skill set, but you add twenty pounds to that to to one of them. That there's your X factor, right? Yes. So I I 
like, yeah, if it's an untrained person, size definitely doesn't matter. But when it's people who train, that that's when, like, you have to start taking your attributes into account. Yes, yes, okay. So continue on this journey here for me. So now now you went through your whole ranking system. You waited for the, the, the right professor that you wanted to kind of get your the majority of your belts from, including black, right? Yes. What happens from there? Uh, from from now, right now, I'm actually, uh, so I'm still working very hard. Uh, I, I learn every day, right? Like, that, there's one thing that I feel like a lot of black belts don't do is that once they get their black belt, they just focus on teaching and they forget about continuing to learn, right? So I still go, attend class at 10th Planet Etobicoke. Uh, I'm training under Micah Brakefield, who uh, really completely changed my game. And I'm working towards getting my 10th planet black belt, right? So, like, for me, the, the learning never stops. And uh, the more that I learn, the better I'm able to teach, right? Because it keeps everything in my mind fresh. So I feel that as I learn and teach, at the same time, I'm actually, like, giving a better product to my students. Yes, yes. How did, uh, how did Micah change your game? Uh, so basically, um, he, I'm, I'm, uh, really learning the, the 10th planet system. I'm, I'm, I'm really well known actually for a 10th planet move, which is the electric chair. Right. Uh, I'm really like, I'm known for, for that lockdown and everything, but up until like recently, I just started doing rubber guard and, uh, you know, like, and just, um, he just put that killer instinct in me and just uh, really uh, he's really pushed me to not just be a better, a better athlete, but also a better coach. And uh, uh, just seeing his drive has, has really, um, has really put me in a, in a place where like, you know what, I, I want to be there with him too, you know? So that's like what uh, pushed me to open my own academy and everything like that. So just seeing all, all, all of the stuff that the good things that he's doing with his students and uh, what's it called? And, and just being able to be a part of that because I, I'm also one of the coaches there and just be, being there every day, seeing the, the special environment that he's created there is just uh, something that's just put me in a different level right now yes now you mentioned your 10th planet black belt how is that different from a regular black belt um i guess it's just learning the 10th planet system right like a lot of like like i said like lockdown rubber guard uh and it's just uh it's basically the nogi black belt right so um we, I, I'm still considered a black belt there, but I'm considered a black belt in the gi, right? But yeah. um, it's, uh, but in order to, to fully be immersed into the tenth planet system, you have to like learn their system, right? So, and then once you do learn it, just progress through their, through their uh, belt system as well. And their belt system's the same with the colors. Same, same, same colors, yes. What do they use if they don't use belts? Do they use rash guards? Yeah, we use rash guards, but like we have ceremonial belts when we hand them out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you could potentially have two black belts in jiu-jitsu. Yes. 
Mm, okay. That's what I'm working for towards. <laughs> and I, I mean, maybe it's an obvious question, but I'll ask it anyways. What, what belt, I guess, are you in the 10th planet system? Uh, I guess I'm a brown belt. Were you ever given your ceremonial brown belt? Uh, no, we, me and Micah talked about it, but it, it kind of, it was like, you know, I'm already a black belt. So, um, I've been training under him for coming on two years now. And at this point, it's just, you know, it's, uh, like I said, I am, I am a black belt in their eyes. I'm just not a 10th planet black belt. Okay. Okay. Now I want to move on to the grading system. And I'm curious, first off, how does the 10th planet do their grading system? Do they have any old school traditions? And now with your academy, which we're going to dive into the story with that in a little bit. How, I mean, how do you do your own kind of grading system and traditions? Yeah, I mean, it, I guess it goes by fields, right? Um, and there's no secret to it. Uh, the more you compete, the, the the easier it is for us coaches to see where you're at, right? So, like, the competitors, uh, they're going to have a little bit more eyes on them, right? Um, for me, I always encourage my students to compete. I don't necessarily enforce it, but I do encourage it because I feel – that there's no other place to test your skills or to see where it is that that you need to work to uh, to get better, right? And I always put myself in, as an example. I'm probably the most active black belt in, in Ontario, right? I, I, I compete as much as possible, and it's because I want to see what holes in my games there are as often as possible so I can, like, work on them. Right. So in it, like the 10th planet system, like uh, the way Micah does his gradings is basically it's by skill. We don't it's not a time thing. It's not a uh, this guy's put his time. So we're going to give him his belt. It's like, no, you got to earn that. Like when people start complaining about the fact that, well, how is this guy still a white belt? How, how is he a white belt? Then it's like, OK, maybe it's time to, to promote him. You know? Yes. Yes. And you do your gradings the same way. I do my gradings the same way. Um, I don't believe in like uh, the the like, you know, a lot a lot of academies do like uh, grading day and stuff like that. It's very commercial and everything. I don't believe in that stuff. I don't even. I will never charge my students for a for for a belt either or a diploma like some other academies do. Like for me, it's like you put your time in. I sh this is something that you've earned. There's no way you're paying for it. Yes. So you don't have any type of shark tank or gauntlet system or, or the, the whippings or anything like no, that? No, nothing like that. No. No. That's kind of more of an old school tradition. Yes. Yes. Do you think that's hindered the sport? Um, I mean, it, it depends on the culture, right? I, I mean, like if you go to Brazil, that stuff is very common. And it's like, it's almost like they're expecting it. Right. But when you come from from a society like ours where like you know we're a bit softer here right so yeah it, it's it, like not everybody's gonna be okay with it right meanwhile like in a place like brazil most people have the same ideologies so it's easier to kind of like enforce all those rules or keep those traditions alive meanwhile here with one complaint you have to like kind of kill it yes yes and when you got your black belt mm -hmm. First off, where did you get it? Who did you get it from? And what was the, I guess, what was the tradition there? Were you in the gauntlet with the shark tank and, and the whippings and everything like that? Uh, no. So um, I got my 
black belt from Fernando Vieira. He's a three-time world champion. And uh, uh, one-time Abu Dhabi world pro world champion. Uh, so I'm a black belt under him. And uh, he, he's over in Qatar teaching uh, the Qatari Armed Forces uh, Jiu-Jitsu. So uh, I, I got my black belt over there. I went to visit him there, and I, sp- I spent three weeks with him there. Yep. And uh, during that trip, he gave me my black belt. Is that something you had to talk with them about beforehand? Um, yeah, so uh, there was uh, a little dispute going on here with uh, the previous gym that I was teaching at and uh, was kind of affiliated with because uh, I had been offered my black belt from a very prestigious name, and yeah. uh, I, I, tur- I turned it down based on my professor's answer because I, I always wanted my black belt from him, right? Mm. So... Uh, I guess uh, me turning that black belt created some friction and things with that gym aren't very, very friendly anymore. Okay. Well, we'll we'll leave that there. (laughs) (laughs) Now I want to talk on the, the activity factor because you know, exactly what you said. And I've noticed this as well, just kind of in my landscape and, and my martial arts journey is you seem to be competing in every type of, grappling competition right you got adcc you got the the cal sandwich super fights which i imagine we'll touch on you've got um all of the ibjjjf right first off what's your favorite rule set and what do you have coming up uh so yeah so we got the cal samurai fights coming up uh may 27th and then i have uh my mma fight uh june 23rd uh for unified um but um, yeah, I mean, um, for for me, my my favorite rule set is uh, is basically just a classic IBJJF rules points. I'm 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 very well known for being a points fighter, right? Even though I'm trying to get rid of that, I'm trying to be a little bit more of a finisher. Yes. But I, I I'm a I'm an expert at the at the at outpointing people. Hmm. Now, in those rule sets, you can pull guard, correct? Uh, you can, yes. Is that something that you are a fan of or the opposite? Uh, I'm, I, I'm usually uh, wrestle heavy, right? I, I try, to, try to stay on top during competition, even though I'm very well known in, in uh, training to just be on my guard all the time. Yes. Um, but uh, when it comes to competition, uh, yeah, I... I Usually try to to be the person on top all the time, but I'm gonna start taking a little bit more risks and maybe start pulling guard a little more. The uh, the last time I pulled guard, it ended really really good for me. So I'm like, man, maybe I'll just I'll just start experimenting with that. Yes. Okay. Now let's touch on this this pro MMA fight coming up. Your debut for pro MMA. Yes. And you're making that at the age of 36. Yes, sir. And it's a return to MMA. Yeah, so my last uh, fight was uh, uh, seven, six years ago, and it was 20, 2016. And um, I I got concussed after that fight, so I wasn't being approved to to get licensed up until now. Uh, so, and also I had a, a few other things going on in my life uh, that I'm sure we'll touch on. And that kind of prevented me from from really 
fulfilling that that potential and uh so yeah like, there's no better time than now so i i feel better at 36 than i did at 26 so why not now i'm curious and um why now like what why was the decision now and not in two months or not in a month ago or anything like that uh, the right opportunity just came along right so like unified is uh is a really big organization my my fight's gonna be on fight pass and uh usc fight pass and um it was uh just i I think it was just like the right opportunity uh that i had to just jump on okay now what are you doing for training i know you i assume lots of jujitsu right what are you doing in terms of the full mma training also including striking yeah, so we're doing uh, we're doing our MMA training. I'm doing my wrestling with my uh, with my wrestling coach, who is uh, now Farzad Kabe, who's a two-time national champion. He's also my strength trainer, uh, and I'm I'm uh, doing my striking over at 10th Planet Etobicoke. Uh, Steve McDonald's running a really good uh, MMA class over there. We're uh, we're, we're just going to get ready like that nice and nice and easy and and make this uh as fun as possible <laughs> yes now i wanted to touch on this before but i think it kind of ties in with this so i wanted to wait a little bit when it comes to competition and being active what goes in other than the actual physical skills that you have i mean is there anxiety nervousness anything like that and does that change if it's a jiu-jitsu competition versus mma uh, definitely. Like with MMA, MMA is terrifying, right? Like you never know what's going to happen. So like, it's definitely something that's, uh, that's pretty scary, but, uh, so the anxiety is still there. Um, for jujitsu competitions, I, I think that the reason why, why I decided to compete so much was to get rid of that anxiety because I wanted to, to be able to get to a point where I can just go into a match. Like it's just a role. Right. And when when you don't have enough competitions, every every match is going to feel like your first match and you're going to get that those pre-match nerves. And it's it's crazy. Right. So that's that's a big reason why I, I keep myself so active is so that I keep that that uh, anxiety fed. Right. So that it's not it's not catching me by surprise. Yes. And now. Even talking about some of your students and, and how you recommend for them to do that as well, and you can kind of use the competitions to gauge where they are on the belt system and their progression, do you take into account that maybe they are maybe more nervous or more anxious or anything like that? Oh, 100%. Because uh, I, I see them roll every day, right? So when one of my students goes in and competes, um, and, uh, he doesn't do as great as he, as I know he can, um, then it's like, I know it's just like, you know, performance anxiety, not enough, uh, not enough experience. Right. I have, uh, one student who's a little killer. He's 12 years old. He probably has better technique than, than, than all of my students. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he, He's done a couple of competitions. He won his first one. The second one, it, he, he looked really good, but I could tell that there was something there that, that was missing. 
And it's it, it's all it is was lack of experience. But it's like I, I know exactly where he stands. You know what I mean? That that, that competition had did nothing to hinder his progress in my eyes. Yes. And now as a coach and somebody who is so active, how can you help these competitors, especially if they're younger competitors, with some of those those other factors? Yeah, so basically it's like I tell them, like um, we're, we're, uh, we're going to try to take the, each match like it's a role, just a normal role. At the end of the day, they're, all they're fighting for is a $5 medal, right? So um, it, I, I just try to make them as comfortable as possible. I, I'll uh, be there with them. If I'm, if possible, I'll compete along with them so that they know that I'm, I'm in that, I'm in the train with them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like I'm, I'm going into battle with them. Like I'm not like that general that leads from the back. I lead from the front. So uh, those are just little ways that I like to help them out. Yes, yes. Now let's talk about some of those other things that you mentioned that that kind of happened while you took a break. Yes, um, from MMA. Yeah. So basically, um, uh, twenty fifteen, um, my brother committed suicide, and uh, that kind of like sent me into a really bad spiral. Right. So I was uh, pretty much drinking myself to sleep every day. And then I also started experimenting with drugs and stuff. And it put me in a really dark place for a couple of years there. And, um, you know, like, it's not something I wish upon anybody. Um, but at, at the end of the day, like, uh, when I do look back at it, um, everything that I went through was for a reason. Because I, I came out the other end. In a re- it, it, with a really strong mindset, but uh, th- those years were really bad. I mean, I ended up in the hospital uh, at the end of uh, 2019, and um, basically I overdosed, and uh, I was in the hospital for four days. I, uh, I like doctors told me they didn't know how the hell I survived that, because uh, most people with that kind of overdose they would have been dead. So you know. Um, that's when you start take, taking account for, for stuff, you know, you start taking inventory and you, uh, some people will either succumb to it or they will just like really go forward and seek the help that they needed. I'm not ashamed to say it. I still see, still go to my AA meetings. I, I see a therapist, I, I speak to a therapist every week. You know, and uh, it all of that is just like it helps helps me to to keep my mentality the way that it is. Um, so yeah, it basically at the it was from about 2015 to 2019 there where um, I was basically in and out of the game and not not really not really in shape. I, I, I got to a point where I was like 270 pounds almost. Wow. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I basically just decided that that was it. I was done losing and uh, I seek help. I, I, uh, 
managed to get myself down on weight and then started training again. And my goal, my, my immediate goal was to, to get myself in shape and finally get my black belt. Right. And just with, with like that little bit of mentality is just everything snowballed and it just turned into something else that I couldn't have imagined. Like the place that I am am now, I I'm so blessed. Yes. Yes. So I got to kind of ask you this question here. So, you know, seven years ago, five years ago, when you were when you were coming out of that and you started to kind of see a bit of a light on the end of the tunnel, did you ever envision the life that you have now? I dreamt it, but I never thought that this would be where, where I'd be right now. Like, um, I kind of say this to everybody. It's like I'm getting a second chance at life. And like this is basically my second go, and I'm just trying to do everything the right way so that I can continue. Like I'm nowhere near where I where where I envision right now, but like this is definitely a great start. Yes. Well, thank thank you for that story. I mean, I know I took a lot. I imagine all of my listeners took a lot from that as well. Alcohol, unfortunately, is a hell of a drug. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's 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 crazy, uh, but thankfully I'm uh, almost three and a half years sober now, and uh, I don't see myself ever ever drinking again. Yes, I had another gentleman on here. Um, he goes by DJ APS. Uh, he he's similar. I mean, not the same, obviously, but similar story where he very um, heavy alcoholic. He was also hospitalized, and now he's in AA, and now he tries to to help other members. Is that something that you do as well? Uh, yes, I've actually just, uh, right now that I'm, uh, that I have a little bit more, more time to do what I want to do. Um, I've, uh, decided to take a step to, to, to help others as well. So I'll be volunteering, uh, a couple of times a week and hopefully become a sponsor to somebody. And that way, uh, I can just keep this going. Yes. And you've mentioned you're very vocal about this. Do you think that it's important that your story gets out there in case somebody's along a similar path and, and they know that there is and there can be a light at the end of the tunnel? Absolutely. And I also like as a leader of my community, you know, um, I, I feel like like uh, it's my responsibility to to for people to see that that I'm not perfect. Right, that that none of uh, uh, these black belts that people hold high, that none of us are perfect. We all make mistakes. We've all, like, we've all, um, you know, fallen and everything. It, but it's just like, what did we do to get up, right? So, for, that's the reason I feel it's so important. Is because like a lot of people see like you know the black belts, uh, the leaders of the other academies as these like godlike figures sometimes and it's ridiculous so um for for me it's just like very important to to uh show like you know no we i i made so many mistakes you know what i mean and if i talk about something and it sounds like i know it's just because i've been through so much yeah yeah what do you do now for self self care, is it simply just training, or do you have other methods um, to help you with your self care? Yeah, you know, I um, I I I, I like uh, obviously training, um, making sure 
like I have a day to myself usually to to just go grab something to eat, you know, take my mom somewhere and uh, spend time with her. And uh, yeah, just honestly, just uh, do things that feel good. That's pretty much it. Like I, I don't go out. I don't party. I don't. Uh, I live a pretty boring life. Also, like I just train and teach and pretty much hang out. So I, I'm in a place where like I'm usually at peace. Mm. Yeah, you mentioned that's a boring life, but to me that sounds like a, a dream. You know, it sounds like <laughs> a, a paradise. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that's just different different people's perspective, right? Somebody. Yeah. Might- boring and something no, to, like- to me it's great i i love my life right so when people like ask me oh you don't go out you don't do this i'm like like i'll go out once in a while and like but like the most i'm gonna do is go to go to eat somewhere you know what i mean but that's about it for me <laughs> what's your uh what's your favorite kind of food to eat i love pizza man i'm obsessed with pizza uh the, any chance i can uh, i just i will eat 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 and eat but uh yeah so pizza i love tacos uh the national food of my country which is pupusas okay. uh, and uh yeah just I, I love everything man i just love food <laughs> what would you say that was pupusas what is that pupusas. so it's uh it's like um it's dough made from 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 uh corn Yep. And they put cheese, uh, cheese, beans, and pork usually inside of it, and then they and then they put it in a pan. You cook it, and then you put some uh, tomato sauce and this like coleslaw on top of it, and you eat it. It's delicious. Mm. Is there a spot near you that you can get these fresh? Yeah, my mother. <laughs> oh, perfect. My mom makes them. <laughs> perfect. Now. With such an incredible story, I imagine, and kind of you touched on it too, you're a role model to many people and you're a leader in the community. Who is, who's a mentor or a role model to you? Is there multiple? I have multiple, yeah. So obviously Ainsley was the first one. Uh, then uh, my professor, Fernando. And currently, it's definitely Micah Brakefield. Like I look up to him a lot taught me so much and uh, he's a great coach and even even better friend yes and i assume your mother as well my mom and my dad i I, those are my my angels man Mm. if you ever get a chance or you know even just thinking about it do you think that the life that you have and the story that you just kind of told everybody listening including myself is that something that that they can look at and think, "Wow, I'm really proud of Caesar." I I think so. I mean, I, I'm I'm proud of myself for for where I am right now, considering where where I was a couple of years ago, and uh, but I'd be even more proud if I'm able to like just continue doing what I'm doing, and if along the way I can change some people's lives for the better, then that that will make me happy like i always thought that like when i got my black belt that would be like the ultimate thing but now as i i'm realizing that as i'm teaching a lot more and it's like that's actually so much more rewarding just seeing people uh 
like, you know, kind of uh, take in what you're teaching them and be, just be so like, you know, grateful for, for the things that, 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 that we do and everything. It's just, uh, yeah, like the, the community that, that we have at 10th Planet and at my gym, Silverback Training Center is, is just amazing. Yes, I know we're getting a little tight on time here, so I'm trying to I'm trying to be a little bit quicker here for you. Yeah, no Talk a little bit about the Silverback Training Center. What programs do you run, including kids' classes, adults' classes? Is it jujitsu, wrestling, everything? Um, and kind of a little bit after that, what are your goals? Yeah, so um, at Silverback, we we are definitely a jujitsu gym, right? My my focus is to make it a uh, grappling gym so we offer wrestling who, which is taught by uh Farjak Kave, who like i said he's also my strength trainer yep. and he's a, a two-time national champion in wrestling he is amazing then uh our our gi program is uh taught by myself and one of my brown belts john cunningham uh and also our nogi program which is usually just taught by myself. And kids classes as well? Yeah, so we got a great, great kids program, which was uh, pretty much uh, uh, written by, by John Cunningham, who, like I said, my brown belt, he's doing an amazing job with the kids. Uh, we are, we're having, like, packed classes. We're getting new members every, every week for, for kids classes, and they seem to really be enjoying them. Um, we're going to be adding some striking soon to, to the program. We have MMA as well. And, uh, yeah, eventually like our plan is to just, uh, be an all, all around MMA gym. And would you ever consider franchising or expanding with multiple locations? Yeah. Uh, like eventually, obviously so my brown belt, John, he's going to have his black belt and I'm sure he's going to want to open his gym. Uh, as I as we all grow, like and I as I create some some uh, higher belts, and I, I would love to for them to like start having their own gyms. Yes. Okay. And where did the name come up with Silverback Brazilian Jiu Jitsu? Yeah. So I I don't know. Everyone says I look like a gorilla, so <laughs> we just we just went with it, and uh, we found a better a cooler name than gorilla so we just thought silver bag was dope so that's how we came up with it <laughs> mm. okay i love that and um last thing before kind of move on to my closing questions here what goals do you have for yourself i know you mentioned the cal Samet super fights and you mentioned your you know pro debut here what what are the goals do you see for yourself down the line uh down the line um so my my ultimate dream maybe uh, i don't know maybe five years down the line is to to move back to my country and pretty much uh, uh, expand jujitsu over there. Like uh, jujitsu is really young over there right now, and I'd love to bring uh, my style down there and kind of create something special. And just touch on that. What's your home country? What's your home city? What was it like growing up? Why the move here? Yeah, so I uh, I grew up in El Salvador, uh, Central America. Um, uh, I, I was born here in, in Canada, but I moved there when I was really young. So I lived there till I was about 13 years old. And then I came to Canada 
Uh, it's all, but uh, that's always been home to me. All my family is there, uh, my siblings and uh, like uh, all my aunts. Uh, my parents are going to be moving back soon there too. So for, for me, like uh, in the long term, I just see myself living there because that's, uh, that's home to me. Uh, the reason we came uh, to Canada when I was th uh, 13 was basically uh, there were some political disputes going on in El Salvador and some of my and my family members got threatened. So my dad just decided that it was time for us to like just come to Canada and see how it goes for us here. Wow, I love your story. Um, I've got some closing questions. I wish I could spend more time with you, so maybe I'll have to have you on after your big debut win. Sounds good. Well, let's let's move into the, the closing questions here. First question, what three qualities do you possess that make you successful? Uh, I'm stubborn. I am a good listener. And I... Um, I got two. I'm a good listener and I'm stubborn. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I just want to touch on that one really quick. What does listening mean to you? Like, what what is listening for you? Because listening can be a little bit different for everybody. Yeah. So I'm 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 good at like just taking advice and taking the proper advice. You know, a lot of people get closed down to to their ideologies, right? So some people like like to 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 see one thing and one thing only. Meanwhile, I like to keep an open mind and like maybe from there, maybe his, his perspective isn't right and mine isn't right. But if we come down the middle, we'll find a little something. Mm, okay. I love that. Thank you. That thank you for that. If you could go back in time, yes. what is something that you would tell your younger self? You're going to be okay. Kid. You're going to be good. Mm, I love that. I love that. The last question for you here. What is something that you do every day that you are proud of? I am proud of uh, showing love to my loved ones every single day. I am proud of showing up to training every day. And I'm proud of just generally keeping a positive attitude. Before we end it off, are there any questions or comments that I haven't asked you that you would like to be asked or like to like to talk about uh no i just wanted to honestly just if i could send a couple of shout outs uh yeah. i'd love to send a shout out to uh michael breakfield my entire 10th planet family uh the silverback family and uh just uh really grateful for everybody and I'm, I'm so so thankful to have all these people in my life Wow. Where can people find you and your training center and all of your social medias? Now's your time to plug anything you want. All right. So my social media for my academy is silverback.tc. And they can follow me at hulksmash.bjj. And they can also follow 10p Etobicoke for 10th Planet Etobicoke. And uh, that's pretty much it. Perfect. Do you have a website for your academy? Uh, silverbacktc.ca. Easy. Perfect. I'll throw all those links in the description as well when this comes out. And uh, 
lastly, do you have any questions for me? Uh, no, this was awesome. I'm really grateful for this. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you for coming on. I really loved our conversation. I'm excited to listen to it when it comes out. Have a great day. You too, brother. Take Thanks. Care. Also, guys, please don't forget, subscribe on Apple, on Spotify, anywhere you guys listen to your podcast. Make sure you guys get the updates on more episodes as well. Facebook page, Instagram, and now also, guys, super happy, finally got around on the bandwagon, TikTok. Yes, all those will be in the description below as well.